cities this is wesley wright your unbougie foodie i'm by myself today (laughs) but i want to thank you so much for tuning in this morning if you are having trouble listening on the radio i mean you could find us at 104.7 fm weqy lp st paul but if you're having trouble on the radio try not why not try downloading the tune in app uh, or go to www.tunein.com and you could stream the show live as well. I think we might be still having some technical difficulties, but I still want you to know that um, I am still, we are still on the air. And I want to, again, uh, thank you so much for your support, for joining me this morning. Um, I sound better, don't I? <laughs> yeah, that, um, that little bout of coronavirus um yeah is thankfully is left after taking all my meds and uh, you know vitamins and and really taking care and resting that's important that's actually going to be part of the what we're going to be talking about today so i hope you stick it stick with us please know that you could still call into the uh, show if you have comments questions uh, or would like to share your viewpoint as well. That telephone number is 651 I look forward to speaking with you. Um, you know, again, this is a community radio station, so we want to, we're reaching out to the community and inviting you to contact us, you know, talk about uh, what concerns you or what you're concerned with. <laughs> Uh, because we want to share that um, and find, you know, hopefully find a solution or have a conversation about what a solution might look like. So, uh, as always, I want to all encourage you, please follow me on uh, social media. Uh, Facebook is The Unbougie Foodie. Uh, Instagram is The underscore Unbougie Foodie. And Twitter is at Unbougie Foodie. Um, if you have any additional comments, questions, uh, even though he's not here today, <laughs> um, you could uh, also contact um, my nephew, the Unbushi Foodie Junior. Uh, and you know, with any polls, uh, answer any polls or um, post a question, you know, to him if you'd like. Also, we'll, we'll make sure that uh, there is a response or that we maybe share your your viewpoint on air as well. So. Uh, once again, I want to thank you for your support. Um, I hope everyone had uh, a happy holiday, if you would. Uh, 
I really do. It just, I'm, I'm excited for the new year. This, if you're, if you're not aware, uh, this is the last show of the year. And, you know, I think normally, I mean, in years past, I would probably have, I don't know, a, um, <laughs> a kind of like a montage of all the shows that I did last year or maybe little snippets and everything to go over and to share and to review. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. We don't have that this, <laughs> this year. It's been a very, if you're, it's been a hard year. And um, I, of course, I want to go back and share those enjoyable moments. And it's been a long year. But I think probably after the first of the year is when I'll probably share something like that. For right now, I want to continue to talk about um, ways that we're able to survive what we're actually going through right now. And you know first and foremost is the whole covid-19 the coronavirus pandemic and that's again I, i'm talking about this at the top of the hour because i want to be able to you know be positive you know continuing on you know throughout the rest of the show but it, it's important for us to take into consideration uh things that are going to help us um get better uh, or be able to survive um, through this. And so if you remember, I said that I was taking my vitamins and, you know, doing things to really to improve my, to boost my immune system. That's what I'm really trying to get at. So there are a number of vitamins and this is, you know, whether it be male or female, it does not, matter you know as long as you are actually because you know there are different multivitamins if you would but there are specific vitamins or supplements if you would that would help you during this time period as well so we're going to kind of go over a few of those um or as many as i possibly can because i definitely want to share that with you all and i believe I believe, I believe the very first one, and and this is one that, gosh, every everyone has been, I'll say, clamoring about, and it's not a bad thing. It's it's actually a very good thing because even prior to this, um, I was already you know taking it, but for different reasons. Uh, vitamin D, vitamin D specifically, and. There, there were some others too, and I wanted to share that. Um, but vitamin D specifically, it has a way. So I was reading this article, and it talked about um, there are specific units. So the government had not the government. Was it the CDC or the health, certain health, health organizations had sent? or forwarded some information, yeah, you might as well to say to, you know, out to the world governments and so forth, and indicated that vitamin D is, there is evidence that says that vitamin D helps reduce any type of uh, 
COVID-19 um, infections, uh, hospitalizations, and deaths. Now, that's not to say that it is totally taking it away or maybe even preventing you from getting it. It's just that if you are, if you do happen to get it, it will lessen, again, the hospitalization, definitely the deaths, but also uh, whatever your symptoms might actually be, how those affect those infections may affect you. So it mentions that an increased vitamin D intake to 400, excuse me, 4,000 international units or IU per day, or at least 2,000 for healthy adults. Now, the vitamin D that, or international units, IU uh, per day that I see at the store most often is either 2,000 or 5,000. So I'd like to go exceed, you know, that. Um, And I think it's important. But there, again, there's another reason, you know, I mentioned why I was taking vitamin D to begin with. Vitamin D, because vitamin D is a, a supplement when you're not getting enough of that of sun, you know, we're, we're getting that vitamin D from the sun. We're out in the sun and yeah, especially like during uh, springtime and, and summertime, most importantly, those are times when you are really getting that vitamin D. Uh, because we're being outdoors, we're doing gardening, we're walking, we're walking around lakes, biking, whatever we're doing, whatever activities we're doing. So, of course, we don't, our bodies uh, react differently. During the winter months, if you've noticed how your body would probably so much more, maybe fatigued or tired to a certain extent, but because we're always oftentimes indoors, we, you know, we're, we're shut in. We're not getting the vitamin D that we need. And unfortunately it takes people, uh, through what's referred to as seasonal, uh, affective disorder or SADS. Uh, it's a depressive, mo- a depressive time period. Um, it just, everything just seems gray and whatnot. And honestly, when I first came to the state, that's exactly what was happening. So someone, I was reading up online and someone encouraged me to, Hey, take some vitamin D. So from that point on taking that vitamin D, uh, early on, um, helped so much with, um, those symptoms or those that, that disorder, as they call it, the seasonal affective disorder. And, so I was t- already taking 5,000 uh, international units, um, probably like two or three pills per day. And each one of those pills are 5,000. So, yeah, not to say I was ahead of the game, but I was like, I was already taking it for a reason. Well, now with, you know, COVID-19, yeah, all the more the uh, uh, scientists indicated uh, in the open letter that, you know, global patterns and risk factors for uh, for COVID-19 uh, for the COVID, for the COVID-19 pandemic and vitamin D deficiency match precisely due to the impact on immune functions. Um, they indicate uh, and state that the research shows that low vitamin D levels markedly increased the likelihood of COVID-19 infections, hospitalizations, and deaths. So they are encouraging uh, widespread 
and kind of like an immediate increase on intake of vitamin D. You know, and even on the outset of that article, it said that it was 4,000 uh, international units. Uh, uh, again, you can do that. You know, you get 2,000, uh, I guess the vitamin Ds that are 2,000 uh, IUs, uh, again, international units, and take two pills or more. I just go ahead and get the 5,000, you know, one that's 5,000 IUs uh, and take like three. I'm not even kidding you. It really helps affect my mood, but I don't know. It somehow or another, even though, knock on wood, <laughs> um, uh, my nephew and I, and that's telling his business out there, but um, tested positive, not because we were being socially promiscuous or, or whatnot, but we were doing everything possible, but somehow or another, you know, I think one instance of being in the company of, you know, I'd say friends, acquaintances, whatever you, you're affected and infected, uh, you are exposed and become susceptible to it. Now, of course, yes, I actually was sick for a while. Um, and it's not a pity me party. I guess I'm just using my experience as a as a means of being able to tell you um, what I did or what I was doing. Um, but you know, there there there's proof out there. There really is proof out there that says that you know these you know having specific supplements and so forth actually do help. And there are others too. I this article is just it's behind a paywall. So I I guess I read it once and they only gave you an opportunity to read it one time. So anyway, there are a number of different um, uh, vitamins um, or supplements. Again, I have to say vitamins and supplements uh, that will give you allow you the opportunity to have a lower rate of infection. Um, going to the hospital or, you know, to the ICU or even having to, you know, ungodly face, you know, passing away or a death. Um, but vitamin D is a big one. Uh, of course, vitamin C is also another probiotics is another. And you could certainly go online to find out more information about each one of those. But again, vitamin D is a major one that, um, uh, I really encourage you to, if you're uncertain about what I'm mentioning and saying, uh, please do your own research and feel free to, you know, if you have questions or something, please feel free to give us a, a contact us, you know, send us, send me an email and we could talk more about it. And if you're so inclined, you could do that uh, by uh, emailing the foodie at gmail.com. Uh, I love sharing this information and, you know, not trying to just put it out there and inundate you and smother you with it. But certainly if it's information that is helpful to the community and if it we're not going to go into the conversation of 
the vaccine or, or whatnot. But, you know, if some are having some trepidation about that, there are other ways that you could do your utmost. Make sure that you are taking the necessary steps to protect yourself, to protect your family, in addition to wearing a mask, washing your hands, social distancing, all of those different things. Very, very important. And again, I, I know that this is a food show, but um, it affects our livelihood, uh, you know, life period. So things that are affecting the community are what I'm going to share. Definitely food is still is one of them. But this is this is affecting all of us, no matter at what status level, pay grade, you know, uh, middle class, upper class, lower class, whatever, whatever, as a human, we're all facing this, you know, globally, but hello, in the United States alone, the amount of numbers that, you know, we have of infections, as well as, you know, those that have lost their lives to this pandemic, um, are astronomical and we so need to encourage one another you know protect yourself make sure you're staying healthy and safe you know wearing a mask you know these are all the things that we should be doing um hey encouraging others to take um a multivitamin or a supplement you know such as vitamin d so that we'll be able to you know, continue on and make it through this because this is not something that is just hitting one group of people. Yes, true enough, it is hitting, uh, you know, certain national groups a bit more than others, you know, um, black, Latino, and, you know, some Asian groups are but those upper two that I mentioned black and Latino um, groups are definitely being hit the hardest you know and many are losing their lives because of it Um, anyway we really need to help one another out and as a community radio station talking about this Um, sharing it with the community because it is something that is affecting our entire community, our entire state, nation, etc. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to share and to bring light to or add some enlightenment, if you would. So, switching to the food situation, (laughs) you know... (laughs) You have to actually be on, have been on food stamps to really understand about food stamps, because there there are so many misconceptions on. I don't know that folks have, you know, until they actually find themselves in need of food assistance uh, or at a food shelf. Uh, or a pantry but you know mothers I'll say families not just mothers just families in general that are in need of food at times you know they're because they just can't make it or 
circumstances that are not allowing them to financially be able to feed their family with nutritious food too because i think that is one one of the other things that folks there's a misconception of oh folks are getting food stamps and they're just buying all kinds of steaks and this and that and blah 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 and you know that may be the case for some but not not the moral majority and I assure you of that. And this is coming from a person, you know, I've talked about this in the past. You know, I at one time and I'm not even talking about childhood. <laughs> I'm talking about as an adult. I think I was what, 20. Uh, sorry, I was in my 30s. Good gracious. Um, and literally came up on hard times where, you know, circumstances had me in a situation where, yeah, I was. I want to say I was I was living with my sister and her boyfriend at the time and, um, you know, kind of renting out their uh, spare room. But I didn't really have I wasn't making enough money to survive. And I wanted to contribute to the household and everything. And so one of the first things that I realized that I had to do, aside from getting unemployment, was getting food assistance or as you know food stamps you might as well just call it that food stamps but it was food assistance so literally um it's a huge difference than what it was before um where you literally had booklets of one dollar five dollar and i think ten dollars and maybe even twenty dollar quote-unquote bills but they were paper (laughs) and you would go to the grocery store buy your food or whatever um this was this is an actual card uh, it's almost it really is like a debit card, if you would. But again, it is specific to buying food. And so, you know, that's you know, my that's my experience, if you would. But even now, even what, at least a good 15, 20 years later, there is still the stigma of and misconceptions and myths about food stamps. So I want to kind of talk about some of those just so maybe folks that have their own opinions on it um and again don't knock it until you have had to be in that experience and to have to seek food stamp assistance or any type of food assistance in general so the first myth people who get um snap and we'll explain snap in just a second but um, okay. um, duh, 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 duh. so SNAP is referring to the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program um, that is it's a benefit you know to allow folks to get, get food or families that are in need to actually purchase, again, healthy food and move, move um, towards self-sufficiency. And you could learn so much um, more on that by simply going to, you know, FNS, Food and Nutrition Service, uh, Food and Nutrition Service, um, .usda.gov, and it will tell you so much more about the SNAP program. Um and it's 
the spotlights of it are we'll talk about that very briefly but again i want to mention about you know some of these myths and try to dispel those for certain individuals so again people who get snap don't work that's incorrect um (laughs) you're those that are getting are not just sitting by and just like oh well i'm gonna wait for my you know funds to get on my my card and be able to go buy some food it's like no you are really out there working so the fact is is that the overwhelming majority of snap recipients who can work do work so that's important to to mention um recipients of snap are not lazy they're not just sitting by idly by and you know waiting for this to basically fall in their lap each and every month or however how often that it arrives no that's not the case at all next is the next myth is um, snap is a drain on taxpayers uh another myth there, there are like three or four other myths that we're going to talk, uh, two or three, excuse me, in addition to the ones that I've already mentioned that we're going to talk about. And then we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to share the facts on the opposite end of what folks think. That's incorrect. Again, SNAP is a drain on taxpayers. That's not the case. The fact is, is that every dollar that is you know, in the SNAP benefits uh, program or that is used generates one point. Uh, excuse me, one dollar seventy three cents in the economic uh, activity or the economy. So, no, it's not a drain on. As a matter of fact, it's adding more to it. So you know those one dollars and so forth. No, it's helping generate even further economic activity. It's not just oh, it's a you know they're getting pennies on the dollar. Nope. That's not the case. Another is that SNAP is just riddled with fraud and abuse. Remember how I mentioned before that some folk, we, we're so used to hearing the word uh, fraud and abuse and rampant. Um, uh, yeah, I'll just keep saying the word fraud in that case uh, from, again, not being politically, but just yeah that's what this is Uh, our our current administration is talking about fraud and abuse and you know how illegal this is and anyway some similar to that folks have had the impression that snap is rife with fraud and abuse (laughs) you'll be pleased to know that snap has a fraud rate that is less than three percent which is the lowest of any public uh, assistance or public benefit program. So, yeah, those that think, and I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm just, I don't want to, I love the phrase, but I'm just going to say, fine. I love keeping it real. (laughs) Um, If you, were in the community or in communities and knew about you know you would get a certain dollar amount and and this is this really is to tell you sometimes that what folks will actually do that they will literally to try to keep lights on to keep put gas in their car or something like that 
when they know that they're about to get food stamps, and this is back in the day, and maybe even now sometimes, but I know for back in the day, there would be literally, as soon as you come out of, I'll just say a check cashing place, Nick's check cashing was the place, at least for in on the West Coast. There would be people, and sometimes they would be on right on the inside. As soon as you turn around, there would be somebody before you left the place. Hey, you know, I I, I could give you hundred dollars for that two hundred dollars worth of food stamps or whatever the case is, because you can't use food stamps to pay a light bill, electricity, or put gas in your car. No, but see again, that's where the whole paper, you know, and that's there was the there was the need. And there was the importance of changing that over to now being a debit card, because now not only could it be monitored and when you're getting to the grocery store, there are certain things or certain foods that you know that you are not able to purchase or not able to buy uh, or certain things, I should say, uh, that you can't purchase. You had to buy food. So there's no way to go to you know, like an ATM and. I'm going to withdraw this money and then use it however I want. Nope. Stays on the debit card. Previously, okay, you would consider that. That was fraud because folks were doing things that were not meant for what the program was meant for. Let me put it that way. And they found ways to work around that. But again, uh, Folks were doing what they needed to do or, you know, to keep a roof over the head. Sometimes rent needed to be paid, gas, etc. All these different things. And you're thinking, okay, but why did they use their food stamps for that? It's like, well, again, put yourself in that person's shoes. They're not doing it in the sense of, oh, I'm just I'm, I'm going to get this to get just to get some money and spend it how I wanted to spend it. No. Not the moral majority of folks that are on snap. Yeah, that's not what they're what they're trying to do. Again, I'm going to read that statement about the facts of what it is. Snap has a fraud rate less than three percent, which is the lowest of any public benefit program that is being offered. The last one snap benefits go to undocumented immigrants. Sorry, that's not the case. The fact is, is that undocumented immigrants have never been eligible for the SNAP program. Now, there are other programs that they might be eligible for, but yeah, the SNAP program is not one of them. So, uh, again, I, I say all of that just to dispel some theor- some fears or some negative thoughts, I'll say, um, about folks that are using the SNAP program or that are using any program really to feed their families and don't judge or knock someone for what they're trying to do how many people have we seen over these i'll just say the last eight ten months and i won't even go that far i'll say the last three to six months where and admittedly i've never seen lines like this for uh a food pantry or a food shelf before in my life. And 
these are people that are coming from all walks of life all economic classes there can you know some folks have lost their their jobs or they've had to make the you know the sacrifices or compromising with maybe taking a pay cut that cuts into you know how they're able to feed their families uh, fully feed their families with nutritionists nutritionists uh, fruits and vegetables nutritious nutritionist wesley nutritious wow <laughs> nutritious fruits and vegetables um or just nutritious things and and meals so don't judge or knock someone you know when they're trying to feed their family you know and understand what the facts are before you put these myths out there on people I, it's just it's just something that you have to take it that we have to take into consideration and you gotta wonder like dang seriously people is this what we're doing but hey it is what it is uh, and I shouldn't say that because it's not it is what it is it's, that's not how we need to consider that at all man I tell you you know, I I feel a certain I won't say I feel a certain type of way, but I I my heart is just full and goes out to the individuals that have businesses uh, and they're trying their best to figure out what to do, you know, in these circumstances. And, you know, as consumer, we, I've talked about this so many times, you know, before, you know, during these last few months, you know, what exactly are you able to do, you know, to show your support? Um, I mean, you yourself, you have, you could only do so much. You'd certainly feel for these business owners, specifically restaurant and owners um, that are they're doing all they can to try to survive and following the the guidelines or the recommendations is the word I'm looking for recommendations of you know our state and local government officials um, is putting them in circumstances where hello look at the when we were when they were given the go ahead to have outdoor dining you know then they faced well how are you is it going to be a patio well okay you could have outdoor dining but we're now in the winter months does anyone really want to actually be out in the cold there's got to be some way there to be able to protect your customers or your your patrons um, when they do try to still come and support you during this pandemic um, and you're following the guidelines that you know local state and local uh, government officials have encouraged or have agreed to and then later on find out um, okay that okay you can't do that 
uh, or things have been switched up. So I I was at a moment of, I'm just going to say it. There was a particular, there was a particular restaurant owner, business owner that um, I, I, I'm going to say, I think that he went too far or that he may have been a little petty or passive aggressive (laughs) Um, because true enough yes to go off and show all the different things that you did you know to accommodate what these recommendations that, that the state and local officials have you know said that you can do and then to smugly talk about it and say oh yeah thanks for that you know now I can't use that Hey, thanks for that. Now I can't use that. Um, I don't know. I, I hear what they're saying. I hear what they're saying. I, and this is just one person. There are others as well. But this one was just kind of like, I'm just going to say it grated on my nerves. <laughs> because, but again, so there's this swing of the pendulum. And it's a quick swing. It's not like the full swing. It's like, It'll go half an inch and then swing right back because I understand both sides. I understand where you're coming from, but I think there's always a way to say something. There's always a way to express your frustration, you know, write a letter, but I don't know. Passive aggressiveness is not something that is, I don't know. It's not something that's, is would maybe attract people to your business. I mean, they, They'll sympathize with you and understand, but it's like, okay, you do it too much. You do it too often. And where does it kind of like end? I don't know. That's just my two cents on that. And and it, I know people are out there and they're really trying to do their utmost with keeping their restaurants open they're switching gears they're doing takeout they're do or curbside pickup and you know but and you have to understand yes fine people are i want to go out i don't want to do curbside or and that's fine they could have their opinion and that's their right whatever the case is but i don't know i i wouldn't have taken it to that level but it's hard for me to say that because I'm not a restaurant owner. I mean, do you switch up and just automatically do a food truck? Or, I don't know. I mean, that's a conversation. It seems like you, you'd have to sit down with a restaurant owner just literally one-on-one and being totally... Uh, I won't say confidential about it, but just... I don't know, being real about the type of conversations that you're having and the the topic. Because clearly, yes, we know it is affecting people. It really is affecting people. But, you know, there are still ways that you're able to help uh, feed the community, even if you are not having that, that brick and mortar itself. And there are businesses or there are organizations that are actually doing that. And, you know, I say that because 
you know, I recently found out uh, if you, I know that you all are familiar with, huh, with Soul Bowl. Totally familiar with Soul Bowl. Well, Soul Bowl um, and another organization, they partnered together with We Eat in we eat well first off we eaten lifestyle <laughs> and rhyme sayers entertainment they're presenting this event uh was it sunday at 1 p.m uh it's called we feeding the streets i'm sorry i'm saying that in such the most carlton way so we feeding the streets <laughs> it's a project that's being it was going to happen, I believe, Saturday, today, or this past few days. Anyway, they've changed it so that now they are going, they have it so that, and because of the weather conditions, that's one of the main reasons, they changed it to Sunday at 1 p.m. And so their mission is not only to feed um, their neighbors in need, um, with hot healthy meals but also to you know spend money with small minority businesses that have been affected through the pandemic so there are you know donations that you could make um maybe provide offer some supplies um but soul bowl is actually going to be providing you know much of the food uh there have been folks that have um provided over 300 hot healthy meals uh and in counting so there is still more but there's always room for even more help and if you're interested in finding out more about that you can uh, go to uh, their movement uh, by logging into uh, weeatenlifestyle.com and then if for instance if you want to volunteer you could go to their volunteer page and sign up but yeah, check them out. They're on Facebook. Uh, it is going to be Sunday, December 27th, 2020. And it's going to be starting at 1 o'clock. They are going to be doing deliveries starting at 2 p.m. And again, um, you could you know be a volunteer or you could donate to help them. Um, and then just contact them at www.weeatonlifestyle.com. And I'll spell that too www.weeatin lifestyle l-i-f-e-s-t-y-l-e dot com I'm sorry that was a lot but weeatin lifestyle dot com and check them out you know and they are you know delivering to various um, areas or locations throughout the Twin Cities um, again they're providing hot meals to those that are in need especially during this time period um, of the pandemic and you know, you know, you're going to get some really good food because it's coming from Soul Bowl. If you're not familiar with Soul Bowl, you need to be. <laughs> you really need to be. You really need to be. Um, th- remember when I said that, you know, that was one organization already that is helping folks in the community that are in need that are really you know going through it 
you know, when it comes down to food, um, going without, unfortunately, and National Geographic recently did an article that focused specifically on Minnesota, the food, Minnesota food industry. And it, it entitled it, um, you know, we still care. Minnesota's food industry shifts gears to feed the most vulnerable. And the very first thing that they talked about is, uh, or is it stated is as one in eight go hungry in the state. And again, this is just Minnesota. Restaurants and food banks have banded together to salvage jobs and serve more than a million meals. And, and this is not like a few months ago. This was a few days ago that we that this article was was brought out. You know, but there are a number of different uh, organizations that are coming together. You know, look at the one that we just talked about. Um, we eat in um, lifestyle, uh, and you know, partnering with Soul Bowl. Um, there's one uh, that is, if you're familiar with the indigenous um, chef uh, Sean Sherman, he's created uh, a space, uh, the Indigenous Food Labs at Midtown Global Market uh, in Minneapolis, where they sh- chefs come together to. Pre- prepare mass meals um, to feed, to be distributed to elders within the uh, indigenous communities in need across Minnesota. They recognize that there is a crisis here, um, you know, in the state. You know, the CEO of one of the most recognizable uh, food organizations or organizations that are supporting uh, food for a community, secondhand, uh, second heartland, second harvest heartland, um, they're a Twin Cities food bank, uh, and the CEO Allison O'Toole mentioned that we have some of the worst disparities within the company, specifically within the Twin Cities. So, here again, that one in eight Minnesotans are you know food insecure or going to bed hungry. At, that's up from previously it was one in 11 you know that pre- before the pandemic and it, you know that's like a 30 percent increase in food demand that you know second harvest has seen because of that since mid-march we know how difficult it has been minnesota central kitchen has been out there and partnering with the sanaa uh, organization um, Sana Foundation I said I should say um, that they've have worked with providing food boxes um, and being delivered again there are areas that have homeless encampments uh, where people are losing their their ho- their housing or haven't had an opportunity to you know find some place to uh, live the next thing is the food what are they doing what can they do we see lines of people 
you know, at different either churches that uh, as a location for food distributions. We've during the during the George Floyd um, during George Floyd during that time period, we saw people coming together, you know, bringing food, buying food from in areas where they had food available and going to a school and dropping it off for folks that maybe their grocery store uh, was no longer well had was shut down, was closed, you know, because they had no way of being able to get any type of food. So it's a it's a wonderful article because it talks so much more about all these different article uh, um, uh, organizations getting together, uh, meeting with food restaurants uh, and chefs and saying, you know, what is it that we could do to help feed the community? It's a, it's encouraging. It's really encouraging. There's another organization called Child Girls Catering where, you know, they're preparing sandwiches to be distributed to people um, in need as part of that um, Minnesota Central Kitchen program working with um, Chef um, Sean Sherman. So many ways that we're able to help feed individuals during this time period and it, it's interesting that you know, National Geographic I, I've, I guess I've never really seen this type of coverage from National Geographic and being so close to home but then focusing on the work that they're doing and you know the interesting part about this is that you know Chef Sean Sherman is a native or a native chef. Um, there are many others that are also working with him as well or partnering with him that may not have been uh, mentioned in this particular article, but there are a number of uh, people of color that are stepping up to the plate or doing what they can. It may not be to, and, and that's that's a huge thing to give a shout out to and shout out for is that, you know, people of color, uh, you're probably thinking, oh, well, I'm just going to say it. It's people of color that are, are, you know, are waiting to, to, you know, get something from a, another group, uh, you know, or waiting for that. Some folks might say the handout or whatever. No, not necessarily. Here it is. People of color that are actually coming and approaching other either restaurants, food or chefs and trying to come together to partner with them to help feed their own community. Because unfortunately, there are times where we literally have to look within our own immediate community to help feed those within the community. I mean, a large, it's very nice that a large organization, maybe nationwide or even regional wide, is able to say, okay, well, we're going to partner and we're going to feed 50,000 people or whatever the case is. Okay, but it, 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 are you really hitting the areas that really need that help? You know, are you, are you, are you within the community? 
I think there's a difference between, you know, a, a regional organization, you know, that is just saying, I mean, I know that's great. They're focusing on food and so forth. But when you are within the community, you know what the needs of those of those community members are much better than those that know it that are thinking of it as okay we're just gonna go ahead and create these boxes or whatever and that's great that's awesome that's so wonderful but when you get down to the level of knowing even to your who your neighbor is that's what it means to be community involved and to looking after one another and offering you know each other resources hey you know um I don't know if you're by yourself or you live by yourself or you have a family or coming over or whatever the case is. But, hey, there is uh, if you're interested, there is a food distribution. You know, we know times are hard. There's a few food distribution um, place that is located around the corner at this location. That's maybe like a mile away. Do you need a ride? Can I take you there? It's it's things like that. And I've seen this where, you know. I'm not going to use any names because one, I'm not name dropping, but two, it it really is focusing about people working together within the community to feed one another. But I've seen chefs within the community or that have businesses within the community and a particular chef that I was talking about or a business owner I was talking about that I felt a certain type of way about was doing that literally for you know feeding service members or industry uh uh, individuals that are that have lost their jobs because of the COVID-19 situation and having to close other restaurants having to close and didn't have the opportunity to do that switch of okay now we're going to switch to doing takeout or curbside service some may not have that uh maybe the business model even though it may apply to one business over here, it may not apply to another business over here. So they have to close their doors. So, but I say all of that because these are people that are within the community. They are recognizing that people are hurting. And it's so awesome to see that, you know, National Geographic really focused on specifically on, you know, the Twin Cities um, yeah, overall Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, but you know specifically the Twin Cities. The article talks about places that we're very, very familiar with. You know, Powderhorn um, area, uh, definitely um, the just the St. Paul Metro area, and you know, for a city that yeah is you know, kind of look, known for Minnesota nice, we really have to try to work towards you know closing that disparity gap especially when it comes down to food and so i have to give a shout out to them i have to give a huge shout out to many that are working with uh these organizations and you know again like the one that i mentioned before that's working with soul bowl uh we eat an organ uh lifestyle.com that organization yeah that's you know way awesome that you're recognizing that uh, help is actually needed within the community so it's it's just it's uplifting it's positive you know during a time period when it appears that you know we are in some serious dark times you know 
and we're not again talking about really the current administration but just the fact that we're facing this pandemic and people are wanting that that social connection specifically not even so much oh friend to friend no family when you have family members that live in different states or you may have to drive or fly or anything like that it's it's difficult to hear and to to take when you know recommendations are being said to you please do not fly because you don't want to infect a family member uh, a loved one you know because you're missing that 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 personal touch uh that personal connection that that hug you know it's it's so important for us to to follow these recommendations and believe me it i I know it's hard i know it is hard but we're gonna make it through it and i know that that sounds so cliche too and that's not what i'm trying to to do but you know it's a time for us to 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 really hunker down and to take care of one another and if it means that we have to socially distance and stay away that's what we actually have to try to do you know and know that it, you know next year when we have it's going to be great it really really will be you know i think all of us are going to be glad happy and and pleased that you know we've and we're going to be stronger we're going to be so much stronger and understand that you know this is what we need to do right now so that we can enjoy each other's company um in the future <sighs> it's been so it's been a hard year folks um i i really want to thank you all so much for just your support throughout i'll say the years um throughout the months that you know the, the different type of conversations that we've had I've enjoyed every moment of it and I look forward to many more with you. So until next year, (laughs) which is next week, I'm going to say peace and always remember never to let anyone tell you what type of foodie to be because really it's food that connects us with stories and experiences. So until next time, taste it. Who's your food at?